Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. You're listening to the Eagle Hour. Thanks for joining us all across the Super Talk Mississippi Network and around the world. Great show for you today. Jason Baker will be joining us later in the program. Lady Eagle softball team with a big win over Mississippi State last night. And we will uh, look back at a little more at the Ole Miss game. Look forward to Charlotte this weekend. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue. I actually had it last night. Got the Westerner sandwich with the two sides and the big yellow cup. Kelly, ice cream for you. All that at my neighborhood, Dickie's. Dickie's in a neighborhood near you. Some of the best barbecue out there. Dickie's Barbecue, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens, live from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Big banquet happening in Hattiesburg tomorrow night, the M Club induction ceremony, and one of those inductees, former teammate of mine, all-conference, all-American, former NFL linebacker, and the 2007 Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. We knew him as G-Mac. You probably know him as Gerald McGrath. G, what's up, bro? What's up? What's up? Did I hear correctly? Southern Miss over Mississippi State softball. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wednesday or a Tuesday night, uh, Golden Eagles uh, beat Ole Miss, and they've already beaten that, Mississippi State this year in baseball as well. Go Eagles! Go! That's what I'm talking about. Let's go! <laughs> if you've ever followed Gerald on Twitter. Every other tweet is, let's go. So uh, that's just nothing nothing like it, G-Mac. <laughs> hey, bro, I know you're driving down for uh, for this banquet, and, and man, what a great class. Um, several football players, Chad Williams and Latrell Pollard, Trey Sutton's in that group. You now going into the M-Club uh, Hall of Fame. Just kind of uh, tell our listeners what it's like, uh, what that means for you as a, as a Golden Eagle. To be honest with you, it hasn't even hit me yet. Um, I played, when I came to Southern Miss, um, going to college wasn't even one of the things I was thinking about. I, I, I literally just loved to play the game. And Southern Miss was a way that I could continue my, my years of playing. And uh, while being at Southern Miss, um, just being around a great core group of men led by Coach uh, Jeff Bauer and uh, Larry Fedora my last year, um, Goals and, and, and aspirations were in my reach. And so um, this is just a byproduct of what it means to play in a team sport. Um, this, this, this award to me is not an individual award. This is a team award. This is, this is a moment that I get a chance to uh, brag about those people that, that helped me along the way. Banquet tomorrow night at 6.30. Austin Davis, Latrell Pollard, Trey Sutton, Chad Williams, and Gerald McGrath, who's on uh, your radio uh, right now, Gerald, you came in out, out of out of Georgia. A lot of people uh, believed in your athleticism, and, and I think at the time, a lot of people kind of, you know, surprised we were able to, to nab you. What ultimately drew you to Southern Miss? The defense. 
the defense. I was I, I was coming back from my visit from Auburn, um, and they had gave me my jersey and uh, my hat to wear for signing day because I was just for sure that I was going to Auburn. And uh, Tyrone Nix and Coach Bauer got on the phone on the way up, and um, you know, and 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 Coach Bauer just being as honest, you know, I had a you know a so, shoulder injury. Um, coming out of high school, and uh, Coach Bauer brought it up. He said, did we, did, did we mention anything about your shoulder when you were up here? And I'm like, no. He was like, because we don't care. We want you. And uh, I had left down from Auburn. I just had that sense of uh, you want, you know, it's almost like you're doing me a favor. And I've always been an underdog. And so Southern Miss, to me, was not an underdog. They, they were the big dogs, but people just wanted to assume they were the underdogs and they would just smash people in the mouth. And I loved that. And I came down to the South Florida game my, uh, my senior year in high school, and I saw that defense get off, and I saw how the crowd was electrified by it. Heck, you came down uh, Highway 49 and you saw Rod Davis's poster on the billboard for Playboy All-American, and you just sit there and you say, wow. You know, how many how many times can you go somewhere and you see a defensive player get praised like that? I want to be a part of something like that and that tradition. And so that, that was a no-brainer for me. Um, and then it just so happened. It just so happened that uh, they ran every single defense you could, you could run to mankind. And so it, it was an opportunity for me to learn and, and become a better player. Well, to put to put the fact that you guys, both you and Luke Johnson, Gerald McGrath, aging just a little bit, to put it into perspective, <laughs> the place that you guys met is in a building that no longer even exists. <laughs> so. it, that that is crazy. I have a three year old, uh, my fourteen year old, and a three year old, and uh, that three year old, she won't even get to see Elam. Um, she won't get to see Elam Arms, and I've stayed there a few summers. Uh, that was actually my first summer uh, coming in as a true freshman. I, I remember that clear as day, clear as day, moving into the, the seventh floor. You didn't want to get that hot floor because you had to take all your stuff off the elevator if it was working. And that's the, the swimming pool wasn't even open when you got there. I remember when the swimming pool was even working. That's, that's, that's how yeah, long. The best thing about Elon Arms was the cafeteria was downstairs, so we didn't have to, you didn't have to walk that far for a meal. That is, what did they serve on Fridays? Every Friday, Gerald, this is how we met. Fried chicken and fried fish. It was fried fish. Some uh, some green some some collard greens. I'm pretty sure that we had some red beans and rice with that. Pretty sure. It was like Kelly. It was like his first or, or second day on campus, and you know I was a I was about to be a senior and, and sat down and uh, just ours junior and just hung out with these these new guys. It was him and CJ Barrows, both from Georgia. And yeah, first time I met Gerald McGrath was over fried catfish and Elam Arms. That's amazing. And now that now to, for listeners that might not know where Elam Arms was which like to some of us it was like yesterday but it's in the midtown area of uh of hattiesburg now where fuzzies and the midtowner would be that's where elam arms you know, used, used to sit back in the day now gerald afford going to southern miss of course you the tennessee titans where you made home and that's where you continue to live up in the nashville area you and i got into a uh, a friendly discussion 
not long back about coach of the year. Of course, you played for the Titans, so you made a very good argument for Mike Vrabel. Me being a Bengal fan, I thought Zach Taylor should have gotten it after a two-win season taking the Bengals to the Super Bowls, the Super Bowl. But you made a good argument for Vrabel. So do it again, real quick. Why Vrabel should have gotten it? My whole argument. It's hard now that you know who went to the Super Bowl. But just the fact that uh, Brable had to plug in, I think they had the league record of 95 guys that have played on the active roster in a year. That never happened. You know, for guys that played in the NFL, you're lucky to use maybe three of your practice squad guys. They were bringing in guys in and off the streets and plugging them and playing them in games, and they were winning games. Um, That was just unheard of. And that was just a a testament to the coaching coaching staff to get guys who – came literally off the street and got them ready within a two-day, three-day game game time uh, in the game week and, and put a, implemented a game plan that guys could go out and execute and still win games. Um, so, you know, to me, I thought that that was a bigger argument of the fact that you're, you're, you're winning games with what you had available um, and, and what lack of you had available as well. We all know Derrick Henry went out and we all know the force of Derrick Henry, but I mean, they didn't miss a beat. You know, lost some games that they should have won, but they they stuck in. Um, they stuck in with a with a number one seed. And uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I think that award should be an end of the year award because that, we all know that football. You know, it's not about what you do, um, or not about what you didn't do, but you know, it's, it all comes down to the end of the year. So I I I. I, I might have to retract my, my statement. So, is that, my so you, you would not, as it turns out, you would not have had any problem with Zach Taylor getting AFC coach no, of the year? No, not at all. And, and, not at all. With that rookie quarterback and with what he had with those receivers and with what he didn't have in the offensive line, that kid, he, he earned all the respect for me in the world. Watching and, him stand in that pocket, make plays time after time, their offensive line was so ferocious the entire year. And that kid literally made that team go. So, you know, my hat's off to, to him and, and, and to the head coach as well for having that faith and trust in him. Now, we've got about a minute and a half left in this first segment, and we're going to carry you over. But on the subject of coaching, uh, your wife coaches uh, at the college level, uh, and, and you've, you've kind of mentioned in passing that, that it's always been a dream of yours to, to coach at Southern Miss. Still oh, the case? Oh, yeah, always, without a doubt. I can see myself – Living and uh, and 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 probably not retiring, you know, with my kids and stuff, with wanting to travel and be with them, but having a home in Hattiesburg and being able to come in and out. Um, but that that's a dream of mine to give back to the university what this university gave to me and my family. Um, I, I loved it, you know, and that and I and it's a family environment, it's a family feeling. Um, the best coaches, my coaches, those were the coaches like Latrell Pollard. Guys that actually went to school that walked on that campus the same way I walked on the campus. All right, Gerald, hold, a sense of pride. Hold that. Hold that thought. We're going to continue to talk more with Gerald McGrath and talk about more of his memories in Hattiesburg as a Golden Eagle when the Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Eagle Hour continues on a Thursday. Happy to have you along. Campus Bookmark brings us the second segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Located on Hardy Street across from the University of Southern Mississippi, or you can shop 24-7 from your own computer, campusbookmark.net. Continuing with a former Southern Miss linebacker and Tennessee Titan linebacker, Gerald McGrath, as he is one of the five inductees of the M-Club Hall of Fame, the banquet tomorrow night at the Trent Lott Center on the campus of, uh, of Southern Miss. Gerald, I wanted to go back. Um, you know, you had so many accolades when you were at Southern Miss, All-Conference, All-American, but I'm just looking. When you won the Defensive Player of the Year in 2007, so Patrick Sertain won it in 97, Adelius Thomas won it back-to-back 98-99, Sed Scott won this is for the whole conference. Sed Scott won it in 2000, a little break, then 03, guess what? Southern Miss linebacker Rod Davis. 04, Southern Miss linebacker Michael Bowley. 2005, Southern Miss linebacker Kevin Coley. And then 2007, Southern Miss linebacker Gerald McGrath. Four out of the five years, a Southern Miss linebacker won the Defensive Player of the Year. The identity you took on, I assume, came from that type of legacy from Davis, Bowley, Coley, Cash, those type of guys. You better believe it. Don't don't mention Nathan Stewart either. Big Nate. You got to mention him because <laughs> he was in that room when I came in Eagle now. It was um, that tradition. It was linebacker you, the real linebacker you. You know, we played, we, man, you played sideline to sideline. If you didn't hit everything moving, you wasn't going to be a linebacker. Coach Paul was going to make sure you wasn't in his room. Um, I learned that dog mentality at, at Southern Miss. That dog mentality that you don't have to give me nothing, we'll take it. We'll work harder than you. We'll grind harder than you. We won't cry about what we don't have. We're just gonna go out there and we're gonna play for the fun of it. And um, and that's what it was. I tell everybody going to Southern Miss was like being in the Rocky Three movie, except for we didn't have what the Russians had. We had what Rocky had, and we trained like the, like how Rocky trained in that movie. That's what it was. But that pride that you had. That pride, that tradition, it, it mean, it, it it was like that. It was a pipeline. You had to wait your turn. And then when you got your chance to get in, you weren't doing it for, for yourself. You were doing it for the guys that came before you. Um, and that's, that's, that's tradition. That's old school tradition. That's the way the game should be played. Um, and I'm just, I'm just thankful to even be a part of that linebacker court, to be a part of that group. Uh, to even be mentioned in the same name with some of those guys that I look up to. Yeah. Well, one of those guys that, that you know, doesn't get mentioned, and he's a guy who was a senior when you were a freshman, is Dylan Kleckler. <laughs> you know, Kleck played behind Rod his whole career, and, and basically he played special teams, but he's one of those guys. Gerald, I remember one of the great plays you made was actually one of your first games at Southern Miss. After uh, Katrina, we're at Bama. After uh, we get relocated to Memphis, the two-lane game gets pushed back, and Brody Kroll tried to throw a little swing pass. What happened in Tuscaloosa? Oh, baby, that's a pick six, and we're going to run it all the way to the end zone with an escort. <laughs> yes, sir. Did yes, you sir. tell Brody after the, after the game, thanks for the gift? No, I didn't say anything. Look, I was still a wide open freshman right there, so – you know, I'm like, hey, man, let me just make sure I'm on this, not, not the last person on that bus. <laughs> you know if you're the last person walking on that bus, you know it wasn't going to be pretty. So I'm like, man, let me let me do what I need to do. I haven't arrived yet. 
Now, as an, account- just thank you, Lord. as an accomplished Southern Miss player like you are, Joe McGrath, but also a native of Georgia, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, about the transition from, that Southern Miss is making from Conference USA to the Sun Belt, considering two teams from Georgia will be now conference foes of Southern Miss. That's Georgia State out of Atlanta and Georgia Southern in Statesboro. First, first part of the question, what do you think of the move to conf- the move to, from, from Conference move. USA to the Sun Belt and what the Georgia teams and Southern Miss will, will uh, kind of the rivalry there that might, might develop? Well, the move is much needed. I'm not, you know, the move is happening, so I really don't care what I say about Conference USA now. But Conference USA is not being ran the right way, and it was time for this university to make a move to a, a, to a conference that, that wants to compete on the national level. And when I say on the national level, I mean they want to be competing for a national uh, a title and, and making a playoff first. That's the reason why you play the game. You don't play the game for a great bowl game. You play the game to be number one. And I think that Sunbelt gives the Southern Miss that opportunity to do what they need to do to try to make that happen for all student athletes. And with that being said, that's going to open up the doors to a lot more athletes uh, that Southern Miss, all the Southern Miss sports can now uh, focus on recruiting. We all know that Georgia, Florida, um, that, 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 that pipeline of recruits and talent is an untapped market for Southern Miss. We need to get more athletes out of the state of Georgia. And by playing uh, two, two in-state, two states, uh, playing two teams within the state of Georgia, that's going to give you more visual visual for the kids to say, you know what, I can't go to Georgia Tech, I can't go to UGA. Hey, Georgia State doesn't want me, uh, and uh, Georgia Southern doesn't want me, but guess what, I'm with Southern Miss, and I can get a chance to play in front of the people that I grew up around. My, my parents can come to a home, they can go to a away game, and it'll be like a home game for me. It was just like when we used to play Tulane. That used to be a home game for us, too. And Luke, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> you couldn't. It was you couldn't get a ticket for the Tulane game. All the boot boys. So many, <laughs> yeah, man. You had all those guys. You had all those guys that were from Louisiana that were on the team, and it's going to be the same thing now. Now that we get a chance to play in the state of Georgia, so that's going to open up the doors for more athletes to to come to our university. And when which you is great for this. And when you talk about Georgia, not only Gerald McGrath from Georgia, Jeff Bauer is a native Georgian. Ray Guy is a native Georgian. I mean, the list goes on and on of great players from Southern Miss that have come out of the state of Georgia. But, Gerald, you were talking a little bit about how the the pedigree of a Georgia Southern Eagle is very similar to the blue-collar work ethic at Southern Miss. I'm looking forward to a Southern Miss-Georgia Southern type of rivalry because the players tend to be cut off the same pattern. Oh, without a doubt. Like, I mean, you look at, like, for me growing up in that time, Georgia State would have been considered what Appalachian, Appalachian State um, was at the time that they beat Michigan. And we all know how that's turned out for their university. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of these schools that have a lot of tradition, a lot of pride, and they got a great fan base that follows the team and that they're going to be rooting for them no matter what, no matter what conference they were in. And so it's going to be, it's going to make for great, uh, for a great football environment, for a great college football environment. These are the things that you want to be able to sell, um, sell the student athletes when you're recruiting. You want to, you want to let them know, hey, you're going to have 
twice, five times as many people come to these games as you did in high school. You don't want to go backwards. And I feel like that's what Conference USA kind of got a little backwards where the games weren't meaningful. Um, the out-of-state, the, not the out-of-state, but the, the conference rival games, you know, when, when Conference USA, the ACC, or the SEC, you're not seeing Conference USA teams beat those conferences to where now I think we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of upsets this next coming year. Like, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this move. I think the Sun Belt is a great marketing, great marketing conference for this university. Luke, at, at Southern Miss, they say to the top. At Georgia Southern, they say GATA, G-A-T-A. Wow. And, and would Gerald, Gerald, would you like to tell people what GATA stands for? No, I'm going to let you say, tell them. Because I don't know. I don't think I know it's SMTTT now. Uh, good That's all I know. Good for you. Well, at Georgia Southern, they say GATA, and it means get after that. You know yeah, what? They, they're going to know what, what it means to have to be get after after they, uh, <laughs> they play Southern Miss. But, hey, Gerald, kind of kind of wrapping up here. We've got about a minute left. I know one of the most special times of your career was your senior year, Southern Miss 2-6. and six. And you guys rattle off uh, those wins in order to keep the winning season streak alive. I can remember again, you were running off the field in the Superdome. I was on field level. You saw me. You ran up. You jumped up, and we hugged like in midair, and you started saying, we kept the streak alive. We kept the streak alive. And you were just shouting that because just the, you know, the obligation in order to keep the winning tradition. Tomorrow night at the banquet, you know, uh, it's going to be pretty special for you to not only be part of Southern Miss football, but now to be recognized as one of the greatest student athletes to ever be a part of it. Not just a winning season, but a winning legacy, as people remember Gerald McGrath. Man, Luke, man, I'll just tell you what, like, uh, God is good. God is good. God is so good. And that's what I mean. I, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. It's by the grace of God that I had the experience that I had at Southern Miss. It molded me. It molded me to the man that I am today. Every last bit of it. I wouldn't take any any bit of adversity away. It, it had to be done the way that it, it, it was done. And and that streak, that, that meant a lot. That meant a lot to those guys in the locker room that was in there with me. When you got a players-only meeting, with a brand new coaching staff, that means the people, the guys that came in before us did a hell of a job, and you guys did that. And yeah. so that, that streak meant that meant the world. We didn't care about the ball game. We wanted that streak. That's right. We wanted that streak. It just so happened Troy was in the way, and they just they just got what, they got they got, what anybody else was going to get. They got what they needed to get. Well, G-Mac, we appreciate it, man. Congrats on the induction. We'll catch you tomorrow night. Appreciate it, brother. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Gerald McGrath, former Southern Miss linebacker, All-American, All-Conference, Defensive Player of the Year, and NFL player. Eagle Hour continues right after this. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. And you can draw up a more beautiful Thursday, could you? After those storms through this weekend, bright sunshine, cooler temperatures, the weekend looks good. The Eagle Hour originating from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly Sander, Merg's pushing all the buttons today. Luke Johnson is up in uh, Laurel. This segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. If you're a Southern Miss fan and can remember 
the NIT championship and can remember the Liberty Bowl title. And so those are those are primarily the age of people that go to Fourth Street Bar and Grill. But the younger college students are in there shooting some pool, playing darts, and uh, watching all the games on the screens. Booty's got some trivia going on every once in a while at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. It's kind of the cheers for uh, older Southern Miss fans and your place to pregame right down across the 49 Highway Bridge. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, proud to be a supporter of the Eagle Hour, and we enjoy hanging out. Uh, at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Jason Baker joins us now. He uh, called the Mississippi State win by the softball team for Southern Miss. And, and Jason, as we welcome you, I know this is a Southern Miss show, but you really have to feel sorry for Mississippi State. They, they just can't beat Southern Miss in anything this spring, can they? <laughs> yeah, I don't, have those, uh, I don't have those feelings in my body at the moment, Kelly, okay. uh, okay. for, for some reason. Yeah, I I'm, I'm was being a little facetious. I hope everybody picked up on that. But. Sure, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Now, now, if they want to send us part of their welfare check, I'll, I'll probably have a little feeling for them if they would like. Hey, three to nothing, big win for the uh, Lady Eagles softball team. Tell us about it. Yeah, got off to a bang. Bottom of the first inning, uh, Tata Davis, one of the two seniors on this club, hits a home run, a massive shot over the scoreboard last night. Ironically enough, uh, this is the second SEC team they've taken down. They beat number four Florida earlier in March, and uh, it was a three-run blast in the first inning and that win over Florida that kind of sparked them to the win back on March the 2nd. So they use a big fly, uh, you know, in the bottom of the first inning. And uh, honestly, Kelly, that proved to be plenty um, with Morgan Leinstock being just dynamite last night. Moe's uh, one of those pitchers. You've got three to four pitches um, and really had them working. And um, look, I think coach LeVan has said on multiple occasions, you know, if, Morgan can pitch like that. They're really good, and they stand a chance to win every single game. And um, as she was special last night, a complete game shutout, scattered three hits, and uh, they picked up an insurance run late on a Mississippi State error, and uh, that's how we got to three to nothing. Yeah, I noticed Jason Baker, an insurance guy, always has to bring up the insurance run. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, you like that? Can, yeah, can never have too much insurance. We learned with Southern Miss football last year that a lack of depth at some key positions you know, can take its toll, and uh, the Lady Eagles have struggled a little bit in conference play, but that probably is because of, of a little bit of a depth issue, particularly at the uh, the pitcher position yes it is yes that's fair um very true um morgan linestock is their veteran she's a junior every other pitcher on roster is a freshman um so he just coached just doesn't quite have um that player to turn to in the bullpen that can handle you know a sixth seventh inning of work because you know they were fresh last night off off from playing for seven days i believe and, and so mo was fresh and you sort of had the feeling Morgan could get all seven in. But in a conference schedule now, they play three games over three days, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just like baseball. And, um, you know, she just tires out over the weekends to where she's just not going to be able to give you seven and seven and seven, right? So um, when she sort of has has, uh, petered out, if you will, towards the end of these ball games, that's where they've sort of lost leads. Four of the eight losses have been by a run. Three of the four have gone into extra innings. Um, so that's where, you know, that's where that, that record, while they're one and eight, we can't change that. Little misnomer. I mean, they've been really, really, really competitive in, in the league from that standpoint. They just haven't found a way to close the door or slam the door, per se. 
Jason, uh, kind of uh, uncharacteristic of, of Destiny Brown. She goes 0 for 3 last night, but I think a lot of Southern Miss fans need to know the type of season that she's having. I mean, this is first-team all-conference numbers. After going 0 and 3 last night, her average dropped to 367. She's got seven bombs, 37 runs, but she is 26 of 26 in stolen bases. She's averaging just under a stolen base a game. I mean, it. a lot of people don't know of what type of season she's having. Luke, I think if we were all honest and, and everyone who votes for these things were honest, she would be the player of the year in the conference for what she means to this team. Um, I don't know that she'll win it, but she's having that kind of season, and good for her, right? She had no intentions of returning last year. She was done. She had her degree. Um, you know, she had this extra year of eligibility kind of hanging out there. But then something clicked in her. She wanted to come back and play. She told me uh, Coach LeVan was a big factor in coming back and wanted to come play for him. Um, she talked Tata Davis into joining her. Um, so Tata as well had already graduated. And, like, good for them, right? They, they capitalized. Uh, I think they both are well on their way to a master's degree from Southern Miss now uh, for coming back. And so, um, yeah, Luke, it, it, she's incredible. And, and, you know, the crazy part is, Luke, is there, there's really no number to quantify how good she is in the, in the center field position. But I, I would rather watch her play defense because that's the kind of player she is than, than even hit. And that's, that's really saying something. Yeah, absolutely. She's leading the conference right now on stolen bases. All right, kind of a unique uh, thing this weekend. Baseball headed to Charlotte. Softball headed to Charlotte too. Very, very rare. Do we have multiple, you know, teams at the same uh, playing the same team in conference uh, in different sports? But that's happened this weekend. What can you tell us about uh, the Charlotte softball team? Um, they're middle of the road in the East right now. They sit at four and eight. Um, it's going to be a good test. You know that. And again, you know, I think most most of these series sort of um, they sort of hinge on how long Mo can go for us. Like, I, you know, if she's able to get into that sixth, seventh inning with a lead, um, we're really good. I, I think we're sixteen and one um, when leading after six. So we've been pretty good there when we can get it past that sixth inning, and so. Um, that's what I'm going to watch. It, it, it really has so much to do with who we are uh, and not the opponent. And I know people may think, man, man, what a homer statement for a team that's 1-8. But just break the numbers down and look. I mean, look, Morgan Livestock's having, you know, a heck of a year too, right? 2.14 ERA. She's had 40 walks across 143rd and two-thirds innings of work. Um, and I mean, that's when you look at the, the portfolio of work that Brian LeVan's working her for her numbers to still be that good, uh, really speaks to her. Last night was her fourth shutout of the season. Um, and she's completed 16 games and 26 appearances. So, you know, it's so much about what Morgan Linestock we get and, and how long we get her for. Of course, there's such a juggling act in that for Coach LeVan to have to figure out on Friday, do I, you know, do I leave her in for all seven or do I try to save some of that energy for a Saturday-Sunday matchup? And, you know, that's that's sort of the juggling act that he's at right now. Jason Baker calls the Lady Eagle softball games. And, Jason, we've talked with Gerald McGrath a little bit earlier about the transition to the Sun Belt. Have you had a chance to study the Sun Belt now? And who are some of the big kahunas softball-wise in in the Sun Belt that the Lady Eagles are going to have to contend with once they make that transition? You know, Kelly, I, I've really not um, 
tried to dive in too deep yet. Um, I, I'm familiar. I've called some games in the past against South Alabama and Troy. Always those two tend to have a respectable program. Um, but but I'd be lying to you if, if I told you that I've really studied it. I, I'll cross that bridge as, as we all do in June and kind of move towards that conference. And um, right now I'm, I'm just paying attention to what's kind of happening across Conference USA. I, I did peek into the baseball side of things last weekend and uh, saw where Texas State was was ranked quite high in the national polls right now in the Sun Belt. And uh, I don't think that's one of the programs many people ever mentioned from the baseball side of things. And so that was uh, quite a shocker there to uh, to see them ranked as high as they were. So I, I have done just a little peeking on the on the baseball side. Um, as as the season begins to kind of wind down in Conference USA, but that's about that's just an honest answer. I just haven't taken yeah. much of a look. Yeah, fair enough, Baker. Um, so you you have zero um, feeling in your heart uh, of of sympathy towards Mississippi State with Southern Miss beating them in softball and baseball. I mean, anything for uh, the Land Shark Rebels after uh, Tuesday night? Anything in your heart for them? No, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty much in that same boat again, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I, not not much love lost, a lot of respect for uh, those two guys' programs, and uh, certainly always appreciate them playing us on the diamond and, uh, and and in softball as well. And so you know, it's just just good for the state, guys. Y'all know that it's just right. good for the state. Like it's um, we should be playing these in all sports. That includes the fall. And I know Mississippi State, you know, signed up to do it again. And uh, you know, maybe one day in our lifetime we'll get to see it happen in Oxford. I don't know. And the, don't so. count on it. And, and the reason that Mississippi State and Ole Miss play Southern Miss, particularly in baseball, is they, is that they tell their players at State and Ole Miss, this is the Southern Miss program is what we try to be. It's, <laughs> it's at a level that where we want our programs. And so if you can see it, you can be it. You know, so that's what oh. State and Ole Miss are getting out of it. Does that work, Jason, for you? I don't know, Kelly, if I'm going to take that date. I'll say this yeah, right just, now, though. From, just smile. From the glasses that I watch, um, we're, we're awfully good, fellas. Yeah, awfully Southern Miss good. is pretty good. They sure are. Jason, continued success. Thanks for your time today, buddy. Absolutely, Kelly. Luke, appreciate you guys having me on. Y'all take care, my man. Jason Baker, the voice of the Lady Eagles softball program. When we come back, Luke Johnson and I will have a little bit about a lot of things, including another sport that the Sun Belt says they are going to sanction. We'll talk about it when we continue in just a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Before we cut you loose on this beautiful Thursday afternoon, a reminder that the final segment of the Eagle Hour today brought to you by D1 and DBAT training facility in Hattiesburg. Just uh, real close to Interstate 59, whether you're coming south or north, just get off uh, I-59 and you're maybe half a mile away from D1 and DBAT training facilities. If you've ever been in there, one of the things that amazes me is that for the number of people that are in and out of there, how meticulous and spotless that place is. And of course, we all learned from COVID about how important it is to disinfect 
disinfect and to keep things clean like that. D1 and D-Bat, it always looks like a brand new facility. And don't forget about their, their pro shop, too, where they can equip you with the latest in baseball and softball gear, whether it's gloves, whether it's a batting gloves. Uh, they can also they also have those pitching machines in there that you can set up to throw curveballs, change-ups, whatever you might be having problems with, they can take care of it. D1 and D-Bat training facilities, proud to have them with us on the Eagle Hour. Uh, a note from... The Sunbelt Conference, the Sunbelt announced yesterday that it is going to sanction men's soccer beginning this coming academic year. Man, what a big year coming up for that conference. Now, as they add men's soccer, there will be two teams from the SEC and one from the Big 12. Those uh, schools will be joining the Sunbelt for men's soccer. And that includes from the SEC, Kentucky and South Carolina. Kentucky and South Carolina will be joining the league and from the Big 12 conference West Virginia which geographically is a perfect fit for the Sun Belt so the Mountaineers will also be joining although Southern Miss will not have a men's soccer team in the Sun Belt because it doesn't sanction fully uh, men's soccer we talked a little bit about that with Jeremy McLean, not specifically about men's soccer, but Jeremy McLean in his last interview with us on the Eagle Hour talked about how the Title IX situation works that you have to offer as many scholarships to women as you do men. And because our football team is as big as it is, of course, it's a lot of scholarships that are given to just football that have to be spread out evenly over the women's sports. So Southern Miss has more women's sports than men's sports, but scholarship-wise, it's pretty equal on both sides. So I just wanted to clarify that, Luke, with another official sport now, the Sun Belt men's soccer coming under. Nine teams. Yeah, James starting Madison, this fall. Madison, Marshall, Old Dominion, Coastal, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and then the three you mentioned, West Virginia, Kentucky, South Carolina. should mention that Marshall actually won the national championship back in 2020. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, Sun Belt um, just moves like this. Is what Gerald said. You feel like the Sun Belt will be administered uh, properly. Tomorrow, All right, Kel- yeah, I just Kel- want a big to show tomorrow. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we do. We've got uh, we've got the five seniors from the Southern Miss golf team that are going to be. They're all excited and, and nervous at the same time that they're going to be here live in the studio. We're going to talk uh, Southern Miss golf. They're headed for their final uh, meet this spring. So the seniors, this will kind of be their farewell farewell tour, so to speak. And we're going to talk a little uh, Masters golf as well tomorrow on the Eagle Hour and get you ready for the big baseball series this weekend as the Eagles head to Charlotte, Luke. So we're looking forward to that tomorrow. We'll, we'll get their uh, professional opinions of our draft, uh, just the, the leaderboard from the Masters right now. Uh, three or five guys tied at, at uh, three under, including Danny Willett, who won back in 2016, Cameron Smith in that group also. All right, yesterday we picked – had a, a master's draft. So this is where it stands right now. Paul Casey actually withdrew for injury. So we, through the goodness of our hearts, gave the number one player in the world, who is Scotty Scheffler, to Bob. So Team Getty, consisting of Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler, which is probably, Kelly, it's probably the best one of, of our three. Oh, stacked. Are you kidding? Rom right now three under. I mean, I'm sorry. Rom now even. DJ one under. Scotty Scheffler two under. So Team Getty right now with an average. We, we're, what are we doing? Taking the the top two. Top two average. Yeah. Yeah. So Getty right now sitting at one under. Team Santer, which is uh, the guys that I've never heard of. Uh, remind <laughs> me who they are again. <laughs> Gary Woodland. Kid. Victor Hovland. 
And Brooks Kepka, you've heard of Brooks Kepka for I'm answer. just kidding. Yeah. So so Woodland right now three over. Hovland just birdied number two. And Brooks Kepka is even. So Kelly, right now we're gonna go ahead and round it to the lower number. So Kelly, right now, you as well are sitting tied with, with uh Team Getty at one under. But what about Team Johnson? Team Johnson, Cameron Young, who's my boomer bus pick, plus five, and he's uh, he's finished the round. Um, he actually double bogeyed 18. JT, uh, Justin Thomas is two over right now through 12. And Tiger Woods just birdied 13. Tiger is two shots back off the lead at one under. So Team Johnson right now sitting at... I got to do the math on that. But what we're going to do while you're doing the math is through Sunday, what we're going to the 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 worst of each of our three, we're just going to discord. They're, they're just done. They're just out. Okay. So the top two scores is what we'll take, and we'll see who has the best score overall. Team Johnson even. Okay. We'll, we'll round down to even. Okay. So I'm one shot back. Look, looking forward to a good weekend of uh, of Masters golf play. You um, the Masters this weekend, of course, the, the next major then would be the U.S. Open in July. We've told you what's coming up tomorrow, a big golf edition here on the Eagle Hour. Plus, we get ready for the 49ers. That's of the Charlotte variety. And uh, you'll be able to catch us on all the different platforms if you missed the show live today. That'll do it from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. For Luke Johnson and producer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss... To the top. Sipping, sipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.